This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. Bienvenidos todos, ¿cómo están? Un poco. <laughs> a ver. You know, I always get up here and I always say, I didn't come here to preach today. But today I came here to preach today. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Cynthia, you ready? All right. Yeah, so welcome again, everyone. Um, welcome people watching online. Um, I actually asked to preach today uh, because God wanted, he was, God was really laying it on my heart to speak. So here I am speaking again. Um, when I was younger, I really wanted to preach all the time. And then I got older and I didn't want to preach so much. <laughs> uh, so uh, I just, you know, I just had a conversation just two seconds ago with Steve. And uh, he was saying, the other Steve, Steve, I don't know your last name. There you are. But, uh, you know, he said uh, he doesn't get up and speak because it's, if, it's just not his thing, you know. For me, I would say, uh, I think... I, I've been humbled <laughs> many times in my life, and um, I, I really view like the, whoever, like if you want to preach, if you seek to do stuff, really give it to God. Don't try to do it on your own power. And if God calls you to speak, Steve, you have no choice. <laughs> so with that, let's go ahead and start. I actually... I have this here. It's a Bible. If you have your Bibles, we'll go ahead and raise them up. Yeah, even if it's an online Bible, raise that phone up. Right now it's not a phone, it's a Bible. Okay, wave it around. You know what this, wave it around like you mean it, like wave that thing around. You know what this does to the devil? Absolutely nothing. You got to read it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do something that's a tradition from where I'm from, but go ahead and raise it up again. And repeat after me. <laughs> Norma. <laughs> I, I like the interpretation because the jokes are like delayed five seconds. So she just laughed. <laughs> this is my Bible. It's God's word and promise to me. I am what it says I am. And I can have what it says I can have. And I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer. I am full of faith and power. I am an ambassador. I am a conqueror. I am healed. I rule over the devil. Therefore, Therefore, I will say, I will say 
No devil. And yes, God. Amen. Yeah, let's give God a hand. He is our Lord. He is our everything. It's still cold. (laughs) I'm going to preach from the book of Judges today. So the title of today's message is Don't Lose Your Love for God. If you guys have ever read Judges, man, is it a crazy, crazy book. It's crazy and graphic and scary and it's like the worst movie you ever saw. It's not funny. It's not fun. It's not a romantic comedy. It is, it's what happens when we forget God's love. So, amen. So, uh, don't lose your love for God. No pierdas tu amor por Dios. So, I have here, we're, we're going to, yeah, next slide. Sweet. When the people of God aren't told the works of God from the word of God, they lose the wonder of God. I saw that somewhere and I thought, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but it's really true right here. The, the people, I, I think it's so good. That's really the entire what the the theme or the these like that's what happens in this book over and over and over again so it, it's really crazy if you read deuteronomy it's like all those things in deuteronomy they come to pass they happen in order like the people do this and it's, it's just crazy read this read deuteronomy and it's scary <laughs> you know obey god love god amen so People that didn't want to live under the authority, that's what they were in the book of Judges. They didn't want his authority. They didn't want to obey. So he gave them a mediator in the form of a judge. So biblical judges, they aren't like what we think of a judge. It's not like Judge Judy or Mathis or that new judge on YouTube that's like he reconstructed his whole uh, court courthouse or courtroom and you know he's really lenient but really aggressive at the same it, it's not a judge in the same sense that we know judges to be let me see you have it yeah I think where does that to save them from yeah so um, yeah biblical judges they were there to do uh, they were there to save the people from themselves and to keep them from being dumb sinful botheads or fools. And I wish uh, Isai was here because he might be the only person that gets the, a bot head, I guess, is someone that does dumb stuff. It's a millennial or young person, Gen Z term. I'm, I'm really dating myself. But it's, it's a book about this, the salvation. God, the, the people need to be saved from themselves out of their wicked, crazy lives. And so the Hebrew word for a judge is uh, Shaphat. I think that's how you say it. And uh, these guys, they weren't, they're, again, they're not like a regular judge. Uh, they're more like a, a chief of, of something. They're more like, uh, I would imagine, they're kind of like, I don't know, they're, they're intense. But um, they were there like a chief of a tribe. They were there to govern the people. Uh, they were there to fight for them. They literally were soldiers or warriors. 
They were there to vindicate them. They were there to punish others. And they also showed, demonstrated the authority of God in a very real way <laughs> every, every generation. <laughs> um, so a really quick overview of really quickly. Judges is 21 chapters, 618 verses. The author is, to my knowledge, is unknown. And uh, roughly plus or minus uh, 1400 BC. Not BCE, like they taught me in college, is before Christ. He divided time, not the common era. So the key phrases here, the key words, or the key scripture, I think is just, it's said like three times, but it, the ending of the book. In those days, on Judges 21, 25, it's up there, but you can still look it up in your own Bible. I don't have the TPT. <laughs> I think I have the non-inspired version up there. <laughs> I read it the easiest. I get it. I know. I'm a heathen. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did what they saw fit. Or it'll say, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It basically means do what feels good. Do what you like. Do what you think is right. It's really the essence of that. And I love it. Those two things, right? Israel had no king. In this age, there was no king. Israel had no king. And because of that, they did what was right to them. So when God's authority is not there, I didn't... I heard this before, but I didn't understand what it fully meant till just now. It's might makes right. Basically, whoever's got the bigger stick, they're in charge. That's what happens when God's authority is gone, when we go away, walk away from God. It just becomes a free-for-all. It becomes Mad Max. It becomes crazy, right? So... This story is, uh, I heard Caitlin's going to preach from Joshua, right? Where's she at? Oh, she's back there. She's preaching from Joshua. And, and so, actually, this past two weeks, I read, uh, I read Joshua to go into uh, Judges. And then I read Judges by about you know, six times or five times. And then I went back to Moses. And then I thought of Abraham. And <laughs> just a connection like how it just starts from way back, the, the mistakes of Abraham lead to this. And uh, Moses, rep misrepresenting God, didn't get to go into the promised land. And then Joshua takes over. And Joshua also, they mess up. The, they mess up in that they didn't, oh, let me see, am I getting ahead of myself? I don't wanna, I gotta stay with the script. Oh, I got flashed. I mean, light flashed. <laughs> I just realized <laughs> I have a big flashlight up there to warn the speaker <laughs> they're going too fast so I got the flashlight oh, help me God so um, Joshua they did not completely drive out the Canaanites that's what they were told to do they were told to take over the land and drive out the Canaanites. Why? The biggest reason why is because 
so that they wouldn't mix their faith with those other people's faith, so that they wouldn't mix uh, their religions in a nutshell. They were, to, they were to drive them out, do away with them, not, not as an act of hate, not as an act of, uh, you know, we're conquerors and we should rule the world. It was to preserve the people for God, for himself. How many of you know that when you hang out with someone long enough, you will become like them? And they will become like you. Your mindsets mix. They combine. Literally, there's, I heard, a, I'm going off script here, but I was watching, I love science videos, and I just, I watch all the time stuff about the brain and the synapses and how they work. And I, I heard, so I'm not saying this is for reals, but I heard from a neuroscientist that when two people communicate, that literally your brain waves, your brain patterns, your brain begins to think like that other person. Your brains start to jive. They start to connect. And literally right now with me speaking to you guys, your brains are being influenced by these words and your brain waves are starting to look like judges. The book of judges. But who you hang out with, you become like. God didn't want his people hanging out with the Canaanites. They were not the best people. They sacrificed their kids to worship their gods. So God wanted them gone. So we're going to go to the, the circle of Abat. So this is the pattern that I see. It's first... You wor they worship false gods. And this is all like Judges 2. It explains this whole thing. They worship false gods. They're taken over by other people or they're sold to other people. Israel cries out to God for help. God raises up a judge. The judge brings salvation. The land has rest. Israel forgets about God and they repeat the whole cycle. It's a, it's a broken record. It's like, uh, like the, some of the kids in here, they, they were like, no, for real, it's like the flash on Netflix is like really good. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll try. And then after season four, it's the same thing. It's just flash has to fight another super fast guy. And then the next, the next bad guy is even faster than the last bad guy. And then the next bad guy is like, dang, he's way faster. And I'm like, do you guys, do you writers have any more in your mind? Like, come on, get out of this circle. And I think of that, like, with this. It's the same pattern. And it scares me a little bit that it happens very, very quickly. It happens in one generation. And according to someone, was it Bill Johnson that said, a generation is whoever's alive in that time. Not necessarily like we think of generations, but whoever is alive. So right now, Lee and my baby are in the same generation. It's, it's a people, who is, whoever's alive. But it's scary that in one generation, they forget about God. I am the first person that I know that accepted Christ in my immediate families on both my mom and dad's side. 
So that would mean almost that my baby's grandchild, or my grandchild, my baby's baby, doesn't know God anymore. I literally, it's like your grandkid doesn't know God. And sometimes it's even faster. Christy preached about Abimelech. Abimelech. And that guy was the worst. But it's his son. It's Gideon's first kid. It's not even a grandson. And right away, he's, they're gone. This cycle is so repetitive, it's, it's dumb. It's, it's boring. Boring. I think the word boring came from literally carving out circles out of a piece of wood. Because you just watch it and it goes around and around and that is boring. That's what this is. Let's go to the next slide. It's the circle of a bot or a fool. <laughs> but there it is. It's that pie right there and there it is laid out. So don't be a bot head. <laughs> Lauren's looking at me like, you're dumb. <laughs> so it happens 12 times that I can count in the book of Judges. And there's these judges and every single one, it happens again and again. So then, I'm not going to stay on this, but let's go to the next slide. These are the judges. And they are a, a group of crazies. They are, they're all crazy. Even, you know what? I know that we think of um, um, Gideon, like he was such a great, awesome, like, wow. You think of Gideon, and you think of what he did you think of the 300, you know, and it's not like the movie 300. I, I don't think they were dressed so provocatively. And you think of Gideon, but Gideon, man, at the end of his life, what in the heck? <laughs> I'm serious, like what, what happened? The dude makes an idol and his family worships it and his whole town, Oprah, or Ophrah, <laughs> uh, his hometown. Yeah, I'm not, not talking ill against Oprah, but I mean, it's in the Bible. Just kidding. I'm just joking. But it's, it's intense because sometimes it's, it's easy to think of these crazy stories and you think of, we only think of the good. But the Bible is full of a bunch of botheads, a bunch of failures, a bunch of people that are people. And they did good stuff, but man, they also did some bad stuff. And so, or think of even Samson. When I was a kid, I remember going to a church, and they taught me about Samson, and I, I thought that guy was like, oh, man, he's like the Superman of the Bible. You know, and, 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 but Samson, he's like the last prophet that you see, like the big one that's named the, of the four big ones. And, or not prophet, judge. And, uh, man, he's just dumb, a bothead. So, yeah, go to the next slide. I forgot what I put up there. Okay, go back. <laughs> so, just real quick, this circle, and I know this is going to be boring, but I want to drive it, the boredom, home. So the, the first judge, Othniel, Othniel, I think is how, I don't know, O-T-H, Othniel. 
So the people worship false gods. So they're sold to another nation. And then they cry out to God. God raises a judge and he brings salvation. The land has rest and they start over. Is it on that? Yeah, you know, go back to the bot head circle, <laughs> the bot circle. Ehud, also known as, I call him Judge Lefty, because he's left-handed. This guy, uh, same thing. I don't know if you guys know, Ehud, uh, he actually stabbed a really big fat guy, and his sword got stuck inside of the fat. Like, I'm like, dang, that'd be a really cool movie. <laughs> and Judges 3.12, you can read it. For yourself. So um, the lesson there is eat your vegetables, kids. <laughs> the same pattern through this whole book, right? Some of the judges were ba were, weren't even given details about. We don't know. It just says, and then judge so-and-so was raised. They ruled for X amount of years, and then they died, and then the next judge. But the reason, the whole reason a judge even was raised is to save the people. So even the fact that it says that there was a judge and it doesn't say anything else, that means that the cycle started over. So it just goes on and it's so dumb, it's so boring. And so the majority of the writings, next slide, focuses on these four people. Deborah, Gideon, uh, Japheth, Jephthah, or whatever, Jeff, and Samson. And the majority of the writing centers on these four guys, or these four people. Deborah, she's kind of like a Xena warrior princess, or like Wonder Woman for anyone under 16. <laughs> she's pretty awesome. Um, she's pretty strong. I wouldn't fight this lady. You know, there's a story of about a, a hammer and a peg, and it's like, uh, you put two and two together, you know. <laughs> She killed someone. And so, the same thing. False gods taken over. They cry out. God raises a judge. And then the judge saves. They rest. And then repeat it. And then Gideon. He's the most famous, one of the famous. Gideon, he's known as the reluctant champion. Like he didn't want to, he didn't want to do it, but he did it. And his faith grows. Right? At first, he has all these doubts. And I'm just amazed at how God uh, works with him. He's like, you know what? If it really is you, then do this sign and do this miracle. And God does it. And he's like, have patience with me. Do another one. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. And God does it, though. God works with his lack of faith. And then the guy grows. His faith grows. And we all know what, the, again, the 300, we all know this. And it even says in Judges 6.34 that the Spirit of God rested on him. That's awesome. That's Old Testament stuff. Like what we got, he had it before the resurrection, before Jesus. But he failed. And he had a bad temper. Some of his own fellow Israelites didn't want to help him. And so he killed him. And I'm like, I mean, so Dom and I have had differences, but I would never kill Dom. <laughs> He's my brother, you know? I, I, I just, the bad temper here. I'm like, dude. And then his, he tells his son, hey, kill this guy. And his son is, he's like a kid. And he can't do it. 
And someone's like, you do it. You're chicken. And he does it. <laughs> he kills him. And, and I just think, man, this guy, is a, I wouldn't want to be on his bad side. And then, like I said uh, earlier, after all that, he makes an idol. That thing that he made was an ephod. Or in other words, it's a, I think it's a Levitical, it was a Levitical religious vest that he made out of gold. And it's crazy because if you read this story, um, if you read it, they win. They, he, he, he destroys the enemy. Israel is safe again. And then they want to make him their ruler. They're like, rule over us. And he's like, no, no, no. God is going to rule over us. So that's good, right? And then immediately, next sentence, he turns around and he asks them for a bunch of gold, a bunch of gold earrings. And they give it to him. It's like 45 pounds of solid gold along with some other precious stones. And, uh, and he makes this idol out of it. And the people fall. And his own sons, they all worship this idol. It's just like Moses with the golden calf in the people. It's scary. One generation, not, not even, even before he dies. It says, as soon as he died, Abimelech killed 70 of his brothers. It's a lot of brothers. 70 brothers. I got one brother and one sister. And my, my dad had, I think, uh, nine brothers and sisters. But 70, that's a lot. And so he failed. At the end of his life, he failed because he, he didn't pass on the, the faith of God. He didn't hand over what happened in his life. He didn't pass it on to his children and grandchildren. So, yeah. And then, yeah, they just chose all this stuff. So then I'm going to skip forward to here. Oh, and Abimelech, that, that dude... He's, he's uh, Gideon's son. And just real quickly, Abimelech, um, yeah, murdered his brothers, took the throne by force, and he was like a misogynist. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? The, the way he dies is they, they go in to take over a city. Some random lady throws a stone at his head and crushes his head, and he's injured and he's about to die. And he goes over to his soldier boy, and he says, stab me so that no one can say a woman killed me. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? And it's, it's in the Bible, so he told someone. <laughs> so we all, we're reading it here, so, you know, it's Judges 9, 54. It happened. <laughs> and uh, I just think, what a, dumb, what a dumb bothead, this guy. He's just so dumb. And so the lesson here is, for the kids, don't be mean or your head might get crushed by a rock. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then you got Jeff, Jeff, I'll just call him Jeff, Jephthah, Jephthah. And this guy, he's, it, not a whole lot is written about him, like, but the little bit that I can gather here is he, he, he saved the people, but he made a rash vow or a, a deal with God. God, if you give me over, uh, if you let me win, then I'll sacrifice the first person out of my house in a burnt offering. And I've heard people say like, oh, you know, I don't know what exactly that means sacrifice, but I know this, that I don't think he knew the character of God. 
I don't think that Jeff knew who God and what God, his heart is. Because he had to do it. He made a deal with God and he followed through with it. And it's like, what is going on? And this is one of the judges, right? Are these guys are these supposed to be the good guys? They didn't separate from the Canaanites. The Canaanites sacrificed their kids. He's, he's equating God to be kind of like the Canaanite gods. He doesn't know God. He knows maybe about God, but he doesn't know him on a deeper level. And so later on, this guy, he has a test. He's, he has a test with these guys that he's going to do away with them. And so they have to pass over the, through, through a land, through water. And then, and then he says, uh, yeah. He says, uh, they're like, hey, are, are you, uh, I think I passed here. Are you, uh, let me see if I pronounce this right. Yeah. He's in, uh, they're fighting against uh, the Ephraimites. And he's from Gilead. And so he has this weird test in order to see if they're from an Ephraimite or a Gilead. He says, they say, are you an Ephraimite? And they say, no. And then he says, well, then say uh, Shibboleth. And if they say Sibboleth, then they pronounce it wrong. <laughs> and they kill him. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? They killed, like, what is it? I think 42,000 people this, they killed off like that with that test. And I was laughing because my friend Maribel, you guys know Maribel? She's from Chihuahua. But Chihuahua, people from Chihuahua, they don't say Chihuahua. They say Chihuahua with a sh instead of a ch. So if I, I say to Maribel, if I say to Maribel, uh, ¿De dónde eres? Where are you from? She'll say, she'll say Chihuahua. And I'll say Chihuahua. It's just like if, if someone passed over, if me, I'm from Mexico City where we say Chihuahua, and you pass through Ch Chihuahua, and they say, all right, say Chihuahua. <laughs> and I say, Chihuahua. <laughs> like, it's such a dumb thing. Man, 42,000 people, you know? I'm not saying that. That's just a part of the process. They were getting rid of the people, but I just think it's funny. The lesson here is enunciate. <laughs> so, and then you got Samson. And he's famous for, obviously, two big things. His strength and his relationship with Delilah. So he was strong and anointed. He had the spirit of God on him. But he was not a good guy. Like, he just was selfish and didn't want to do... He didn't want to live right. He wanted to live how he wanted to live. He took this thing called the Nazarite vow. Basically, a Nazarite vow means uh, no drinking, no eating grapes, not even raisins. Don't even eat the skin of a grape. I've never eaten the skin of a grape. Don't get a haircut. Yeah, don't eat grapes. Don't cut your hair uh, and don't have contact with a corpse. Don't touch a dead body. But Samson, if you read it, he breaks each one of those vows, one by one, right? He, he gets the grapes, he, he uh, gets near the lion's body, he eats the honey from inside of the lion. It's a weird, weird story. 
So, but he breaks all the vows. And Samson, at the end of his life, he ends up a slave to the Philistines, his enemies. He's a slave to them. He ends up bald. His eyes are gouged out. He's alone and abandoned by the woman he loves. I know of those three things, Taylor would say, I would rather get your eyes gouged out before you go bald to me. <laughs> Where's she at? <laughs> so. No offense, sorry. So the lesson here is Samson dated, dated. He, he had one wife from the Philistine daughters. And again, why, why, don't, why is it not okay to marry these people? Because again, to preserve God's faith so that they don't mix their religions, so that they don't mix their ideologies, their religion, their faith. And so the lesson here is evangelistic dating does not work. That's for the youth group. Judges is a really, huh? That's for everyone, sorry. And youth group. Yeah. <laughs> Judges is like a really terrible, sad love story without a happy ending. It's a, the Israelites become colder and more distant from God. The Israelites constantly walk farther and farther from the path of blessing, and they do, they, they do this by making a habit of forgetting their love of God. So uh, the last four chapters I'm going to kind of skip over almost. I'll just tell you this. From Judges 17 through 20, it just gets worse. It doesn't get pretty. It gets worse. Um, it's like an NR 17. Don't watch this movie. But in very quick, uh, in, in, at the end of the Judges, uh, a man bribes a Levite. The people worship idols. Someone kills a concubine. And then they send her body parts to the tribes to show how much Israel uh, is separated. Like, what kind of illustration is that? Moses' own grandsons, <laughs> they become evil priests. It's just like, what? And if you read it, it's, it's graphically, it's like, ugh. Uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's gross. It's terrible. So here's the truth. Like, the, the end of the book is not happy. It, it's not even an ending. The end of the book is like, it leaves it with, it's not, there's no conclusion. It just ends, and it's kind of sad. And so what's, this, what's the happy, like, what's, why? What's going on here? This is, I, I believe, right here, here's what happens. The Bible is full of fallen heroes. The Bible is full of people that are not perfect. If you're not perfect and you're here today, you belong here. If you're perfect and you're here today, you're lying. <laughs> Maybe just Sharon Stewart. She's the only one. The only good, the only one. So, sometimes 
they did good things. The people in the Bible, sometimes they did bad things. So Moses, what did he do? He misrepresented God. And he didn't enter the promised land. Joshua, they didn't drive out the Canaanites. Right? Abraham, it was his mistakes that led to this whole thing. Saul, he ended up demon-possessed. He started off strong. If you read about King Saul, he started off good. And he ended really bad. Right? Demon-possessed and against God's will. David, he slept with his best friend's wife or his friend's wife and then killed him or had him killed. And then Peter, he denied Jesus to some little girls because he was scared. You know, I imagine Madison and her friends accusing me of something and I'm scared of them. I'm not scared of Madison. Madison loves me. But I'm saying like, he's, he just cowered. He, he, how do you cower before kids? To the point like you deny your savior. Like, these are just people, guys. They're not anything different than us. And so the only successful story in the, in the Bible, the only one is Jesus. He's the one and only successful story. Everyone else sucks. Everyone else is botheads. That's why he came. Not because we're perfect. Not because we deserve to be saved. We don't deserve anything. Right? We don't. It's his grace that saves. Not me. Right? He's the only successful story. Judges lacks a savior, an ultimate savior, a real savior. And here's, here's how the book ends. It op ends open-ended, but it ends, it ends with, like, I want God to save us. We need something better than a judge. Israel had no king, right? And then it goes on to the book of Kings, and the kings are terrible. Why do we, why do we look for people or things? Why do we replace why do we look to other stuff? You know it's not going to satisfy. You know this. You know inside of your heart that that thing, that promotion, that job, that person, that money will never satisfy that hunger inside of you. We know this. It's not about, it's not about anything else. Everything is the same. Whether it's uh, what kind of sin, whether it's uh, something you do or something that a pride or whether, it, it's all the same. It's all the same. And the only thing that can help us and save us is this Jesus. So the deeper lesson here, now we can go to that last slide, if it's not up there. The last lesson, the deeper lesson is don't forget the love of your God. Your love for God. That's, that's, the, that's it. And so I'm going to read these few script, or uh, uh, I like this, uh, John Maxwell uh, quote. John Maxwell, I love this. He says, integrity is the sum of all of your decisions over time. When you choose each day to live according to the standards that you set for yourself, you build integrity in the minds of the people around you. Integrity is, that's it. Like, living for God isn't something that happened six years ago at a camp. It's a daily thing. It's every moment you wake up. We choose it. Sometimes we do good, sometimes we do bad, but you keep going. And then, um, I love this. We were reading that book from Russ Fraze. I don't know if he, he said this or if he got it from someone else. 
but I love this quote. It says, uh, gifts may carry you where your character cannot keep you. That's, for me, that's Samson. His gifting, his anointing took him, but his character didn't sustain him because his character lacked. So it doesn't matter how gifted you are. It doesn't matter how good you might, what good of a Christian you are. It doesn't matter how much money you give or how good you preach or how many people you lead in salvation. That's awesome. But that's not what Christian life is about. All that stuff is a side note to the love of God. First, number one, love God. And then everything else is okay or not okay. But God is, he's the answer. He's, he is the end of the book. He is everything. And so this last quote I, I don't know if I heard it somewhere or I saw it in a dream, but living in the presence of God is a discipline. It's something you intentionally have to do. Living in, the, living in his presence doesn't happen because you come to church. It doesn't happen because you're cute. It doesn't happen because you give. It happens because you seek him. And when you seek something, you have, it's intentional, you know? It, it, it doesn't happen by accident, right? I don't think the people sailing around the world or sailing from one place to another was like, well, you know what? We're just going to start sailing with no end in sight. It, it was an intention. They were looking for something. They didn't go where they wanted to go, but they, they ended somewhere because they had an intention. You don't fall, you don't find God with, by accident. Amen. You don't stay in God's presence by accident. It's an intentional decision, a daily thing. And so that's the end of this. Uh, oh, I got more here? Yeah. Revelation 2.4. Steve just preached from Revelation. Um, yet, I hold this against you. This church, awesome church. Ephesus, they're great. But what does he say? Like he's, He lists all this stuff that they're doing great. And then he says, but still, I have this one thing against you guys, that you have forsaken the lo- your first love. You, you walked away from your first love. You're doing all the right stuff, but you lost the first love. And so, again, I end with what I started with in Judges 21, 25. This is what happened to Israel. In those days, they had no king because they didn't want a king. Right? And everyone did what they thought was right. They kept forgetting God. They didn't discipline themselves to always stay focused on God. And they chose other stuff, they chose other people, they chose other whatever things before God. And that's, that's the thing, like, right here there's the challenge. It's not a sad story, it's, it's a warning maybe, it's a challenge. Love God first. Love him before everything else. And if everything else, guys, don't be a bahead. Everything else, everything else is nothing in comparison to him. Anything else you can have, any other thing, any other job, thing, a person, um, money, a drug, any other mindset. Even, you know what, even coming to church and being a a perfect Christian, nothing compares to all that stuff. Don't be deceived. Search for God first. Search for him first. And everything else will fall into place, right? So we'll end with that.
next week, uh, I think I'm still preaching next week. So the title of next week's message is from Judges, uh, love people. <laughs> love God and then love people. Amen? Amen. So with that, I'm, uh, I'm going to hand over the mic. And uh, here we go.